I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife, Radhi and I would go on our adventures, I'd meticulously plan out our itineraries and book our accommodations in advance. It's like a yearly tradition that we do. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to every step of the way. Whether I want to be a simple guy nestled in the countryside or be the stylish and modern guy in the heart of the city, Booking.com never fails to offer a wide range of options that perfectly suit your preferences and they have everything you need to turn your travel dreams into reality, offering accommodations here in the US. Plus, the ease of booking through the app makes the whole process a breeze. So trust me when I say, when it comes to planning unforgettable getaways, Booking.com is where it's at. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking.yeah. Herbs have been a huge part of my wellness journey. Thanks to my Indian roots, My mom introduced them to me and I saw firsthand how they worked wonders for both body and mind. And when it comes to keeping my digestion in check, slippery elm bark and ginger root are my go-tos. Our sponsor, Nature's Way, has over 50 years sourcing these herbs and many more that can promote digestive health. Visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs and use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements through June 30. Terms apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. When you're on the field, kill the other dude. When you're not on the field, you don't have to kill the other dude. But when you're on the field, you want to win. You just have to realize when you're not on the field. The problem is, I think people don't realize when they're not on the field. The best-selling author and host. The number one health and wellness podcast. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every one of you that come back every week to listen, learn, and grow. Now, you know that I'm fascinated about speaking to people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, people who've made interesting choices, decisions, had life events that have changed the trajectory of their journey. And I like diving into the insights that they have, the wisdom that they have, some of the mistakes and failures that came along the way as well. And today's guest is one of those individuals. I'm talking about the one and only Ariel Emanuel, Chief Executive Officer of Endeavor, a global sports and entertainment company, home to many of the world's most dynamic and engaging storytellers, including me, brands, live events, and experiences. The company is composed of industry leaders, including entertainment agency, sports, fashion events, and media company IMG and premier mixed martial arts organization UFC. In 2009, Ariel orchestrated the largest talent agency merger in history when Endeavor, the agency he founded in 1995, joined forces with agency William Morris to form WME. Now we're about to dive into his story. He doesn't do a lot of podcasts. We're very lucky. Please welcome to the show and on purpose, Ariel Emanuel. Ari, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you've had quite the journey. And we were just talking about it. When I was in the mailroom, you know, they had the Thomas Guide, 15 cents a mile. I was figuring out because your house is, maybe we don't want to let people know where it is, (laughs) way up in the hills. I would have never been able to get here using a Thomas Guide. Thank God there's, you know, Waze and Tesla, they're system so yeah I, I wonder what that was like when you were like meeting clients you're like it was horrible I mean, it, was, it wasn't <laughs> horrible actually it it you realized how to get around 
it was a great experience that, oh, so if I'm booking, if I'm going to be in the Valley and I have it, that thing that it does take 45 minutes yeah. to get there. So once you kind of, it, it was the, actually the right steps. And a lot of people went through the mail, whether it be Barry Diller, David Geffen, Mike Go. I mean, everybody did it. And um, I would have never been able to get here though using the Thomas Guide. So. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's part of aging me saying the Thomas Guide. <laughs> well, no, I remember my parents, we used to drive to Europe because my parents couldn't always afford to fly. And so we'd have the A to Z in England, which was like this big map, A to Z, big map that they'd pull out and then track it across like physical map. And then we'd have one for Europe, one for like Crazy. France and Switzerland. And so we'd drive over and I'd see my parents like pull over and ask for instructions. It was, it was a different world. Yeah. And You've you've watched that, and I mean, you still look incredible. I'm like, I'm like, when you, yeah, you haven't aged yourself at all. But when I think about how much times have changed, like, what is if you could say that these are the couple of the biggest changes you've seen in the last three decades uh, in this industry in the world that you're most astounded by? Because I think we're getting used to change. I think for I didn't grow up with a phone. Like I, I got my first phone when I was 13 or 14, and it was a Sony Ericsson like brick with a little antenna. Huh. Yeah, and, a flip phone. I, I, yeah, it was one of those, yeah, one of those old flip phones, Sony Ericsson had a little, you know, antenna on top of it. My mom had one of the big, like chunky brick style phones. But I feel like we're getting so used to change being so rapid that we actually don't spot patterns. If you've spotted any patterns over the last three decades, what would you say they are? I don't know if there's patterns, you know, I, I, but I think you have to look at them in different sectors, whether it be tech, whether it be the entertainment business. The one pattern I do see change is happening a lot faster. So the pick up the phone probably took seven years. The speed of adaption, the one big change, it's just now happening very quickly. And that just lets people, you, you better be really comfortable in the uncomfortable and change. Mm -hmm. And that's a mindset, that's a process to get to. That's what you have to realize it's, and all this is gonna happen a lot quicker now. Mm -hmm which is, I don't think it's good or bad. It just is what it is. Yeah. I love what you just said there. So my entire show, I just went on a world tour and the entire show was based on the premise of getting the audience to sit in discomfort. So I would literally bring up random audience members and one of them was locked in a box on stage for 15 minutes alone without any sound. We had other audience members come up and have to do tasks that were uncomfortable. I love the idea of getting comfortable. You better breathe through it. You better breathe through yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly. the only way to do it. I, I was going to ask you, like, how have you trained your mind to be comfortable with discomfort? I, I'm not sure any of us are really comfortable with ourselves as we mature and kind of get into, I said this to a client today. I said, there was a period of time, I just didn't want anybody to find out that I really wasn't that bright. And it was, you know, I was scared, right? And that I think goes back to my childhood and being dyslexic and not believing that, you know, I'm okay, I'm not stupid, right? Uh, in my family, stupid was a, the de definition and smart with them. But I started fasting. And once you start doing it, it's not comfortable. And I just started telling, you know, start that little voice. No, I'm not giving in to that little voice. No, I'm getting up, even though I don't want to get up. And then it's that conversation you're constantly having. That somebody said, my constant negotiation with myself. And now it's, if I'm, you know, I meditate for 20 minutes every day. It's not easy sitting there for 20 minutes. You, your toe itches, something, and you got to get through it. And it's just, oh, I'm going to do a cold bath for five minutes every day. 
that's not fun. Mm-hmm. And it's just teaching your body, no, you can get through this. I'm not listening to that voice. I'm just breathing through it. I'm just getting through it. And it's been probably 15 years of, uh, of that. And it translates into business because then, okay, we're taking over IMG. I'm going to move to London for four months. Kids in the family is going to be on the East Coast for the summer. And it's going to be brutal. And yeah, you can do that. And, or at the UFC, any of these new tasks that you take on, because you're telling yourself a story that whether it's going to be good or bad, that's not the truth. You have to just realize that thing's not the truth. And you just have to go through it. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. So yeah, what? Yeah. Who cares? Like, yes, that's part of the process. That's actually part of the interesting thing that we're all doing. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, I love that because... It did start, though, with <laughs> not eating. Yeah. Interesting. The, the, you know, the when I started learning about what fasting does or eating windows do to your body and autophagy and et cetera, et cetera, that then got your mind, okay, I can do this. And then you just start building on that. I probably am past the point of health, emotionally healthy, but yes, I'm way past it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I love that because that's super practical, right? Like that's not an ethereal concept. The idea is you are able to put yourself through things that you didn't want to do, nope. but that were actually good for you. And I find that that's- well, I, th- I hope they're yeah, good. You right? hope they're, yeah, you're hoping. <laughs> but the idea that most of what we don't want to do, that we choose to do, is actually what helps us get ahead in life. I say, said this to my kids. You know, success is a lot of the things we're talking about. One of it is, and that goes to kind of putting yourself, is showing up. Like, there's a voice saying, you mean I got to get on that plane for 16 hours? I got to just go have a lunch and I got to fly back from China. I don't want to do that. Okay. It said, I don't want to do it. That little voice, I'm doing it. Yeah. And, and learning to say, oh, that's the voice. No, I'm, I'm getting on the plane. And showing up, kind of going through it. Yeah. That's, that's part of growing up and being successful. A lot of people are too lazy to fight that voice. And over time, when you get older and I'm a lot older than you, you don't want to fight the voice. And all the things I do now is, I think, because as you get older, that voice takes over more and more. It's easy. You know, don't get up at five o'clock and work out. No, don't do this. No. I do it. I don't care. As soon as, as soon as that voice turns on, I say, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I feel like a lot of people say they can't hear their inner voice. And it's because that inner voice- They're was just so, not listening. It was so loud when we were younger. Yes, but it gets quieter and quieter and quieter because the other voice, we kept listening to it and it got louder and louder, louder and, and louder. louder. And so now we're having to unlearn that loud voice. And and, and for me, it was, for me, it started with um, fasting periods. Mm-hmm. You know, I do the 24 and I do 16 and sometimes a 48 or 60. Mm-hmm. And, and it's then kind of evolved into multiple things to keep it exercised that I cannot listen to the voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you need friends who push you too. I remember a few years ago, you know, whether it was skydiving or whether it was cold plunges, as you mentioned there, it's like, you need to be surrounded by a community. I just literally, I've got some friends from London staying with me right now this week. And I took them to do a cold plunge with me, you know, every day we've been doing a hike every morning. We've been doing infrared saunas. And they, every, they don't do that. They don't do that. They, they've never done it before. And it was just interesting. How did they do on their cold plunge? They did really well. And they were saying that because we were, I was like trying to coach them through it and helping them breathe. So on their first time, they did the first one, one of them did four minutes That's and the incredible. other did three on their first time. That's incredible. And it was ama- you, yeah, amazing. You just have to get past the first minute. Exactly. Exactly. So it was a brilliant result, but it was that idea of your community of people around you. Yeah. 
when you were, I love what you just said there, that you were scared at one point in your life of being figured out yeah. as not being so smart. And you said that came from your childhood and yeah, you had ADHD, dyslexia from, from what I've researched. Walk me through how that idea stays even after you're starting to see success. Because I think people believe that when you become successful, when you close your big deal, when you build a company, that some of that goes away. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, did you see that documentary? Uh, which one? The, the Game Changes? The, the most recent no. one that he did. It's just about changes. him kind of growing up and bodybuilding. I don't and, think yeah. so. I don't think I saw So he one. talks about, you know, he won Mr. Olympia. And everybody was telling him how great his body was, right? And they're all looking at him like, oh my God. In his head, he was saying, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong. And you're like, nobody would have said that to him. Yeah. You know, some people say it's your inner voice, your shadow, my, my shrink used to tell me it's your shadow. Maybe people were thinking I was successful. I was thinking about that kid that couldn't read and that during Passover didn't want to read the questions because I, I was the youngest and going into sewing, I, that's why I hate Passover now, the anxiety I had when I was a kid. And so it's just kind of upbringing. Yeah. Um, I'm no longer dealing with those issues. It's not like I'm beating my chest, oh, I'm successful, but I'm comfortable. And it's that, in a good way, drove me. Like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And, you know, any bully comes up to me, yep, we're going to get in a fight. Anybody calls me stupid, yep, we're going to get in a fight. Fiz you know, that's when I was young. And it's just held over. And then there's the point in time where you're saying, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm, I, I have to deal with these crazy, stupid thoughts. Yes, you're successful. Yes, it's okay. Nothing's being taken away from you. And so that just came with age, a lot of shrinks and uh, uh, a lot of uh, other therapies that yeah. we'll get into later. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but I think it's really important because I think there's two things there. One is that it doesn't go away on its own. No. Revenge is not the solution or proving no, no, someone kind wrong. Of, um, I it's say, a good way to start. Revenge and um, I would say anger. Mm got you to a certain point. Yeah. You after you get to a certain point, if you stay with anger and, and resentment and and fear, you you only can get to a certain point in, in your life. And once you make the transition that, you know something, that's never gonna get me over the hump and you have to get go a little deeper mm. and that's scary um and takes work. When you know when you sit in yoga I don't know what it is. It just opens up things to come to you and the process to come to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened at, you know, um, I don't know when it, when it really happened, uh, probably 12, 15 years ago that I was on this journey to kind of find out, I don't want to be that guy that's somebody says something. I go to code red nine. That's not healthy. That That's way too much energy. Yeah. It's emotional energy that, you know, is exhausting. Absolutely, and, and that's what it is. It's exhausting, it's draining, and it takes away from that creative energy, the yeah. spark that's actually To let things in that actually need to come in that then you can see the world differently and like, wait a second, like, you're not seeing it through those eyes. Mm. You're seeing it through a different, like, wait a second, what about this, what about that? And you, you can be creative. That's a better place to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you as well, I mean, you probably get asked this all the time, but I think it's important context setting for everyone who's listening. The idea of like sitting in the discomfort as you were talking about it, my wife and I are huge Entourage fans. And I can imagine that it's cool, but uncomfortable to have your 
image displayed in a certain way that has pros and cons and, that and was how a, it's been. That, there was and there was aspects of that character a hundred percent true. <laughs> Which was? You know, I, I was very aggressive. And you know, when we started the business, we couldn't compete on price because commissions were commissions. There was five other big players in the, and we just had a one be more creative, two more aggressive, um, and uh, and fight. So yeah, that was true to form. I mean, not all of it, but in the surrounding, yes. Um, I don't know what entourage would be now that character. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what were, what was stuff for you? Like, that's definitely not me. Like, what, were there anything? Well, I don't know. I, yeah. To be candid, th that show gave me anxiety. Yeah, I can imagine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I it gave imagine. me a lot of anxiety. To watch. So I didn't watch a lot. Right. And uh, people now watch it. I mean, during- We watched the, it in the, the pandemic. The pandemic, <laughs> I got a lot of calls from guys I know that had kids and the kids started watching, kids in college started watching. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see that episode. I, you know, I did watch the episode, which I never did. I think he started to use a squirt gun on people. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. I mean, I did see that, but I didn't do that. Um, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good to know you didn't use yeah. a squirt gun. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's important. <laughs> how have you harnessed or how has your aggression matured in business? Because the reason why I raised that is because I think, you know, we, we kind of swing in pendulums in the world. So if you think about business back then and how we viewed Wall Street, and even when I was growing up, like the dream was to be an investment banker. That's what everyone was becoming in London. And that was the big goal when I was a kid. And Did so you want to become one? I wanted to become one without knowing what it was. was right, right. Yeah, right. Like, you know, that, that's what happens. And I went to Cass Business School and did management science. And I was training to go off into the corporate world because that's what I thought you had Don't to do. Don't you remember when you were growing up? The objective was how big the stack was. Yes. I never had that objective. No, same. For whatever reason, my parents didn't, that was not the objective. It was to do well in the world and mm -hmm. make the world a better place. All Absolutely. And I think a lot of my friends, that was, how big is the stack? Totally. Same same for me. It was, I, I didn't grow up with a lot. My parents didn't have a lot, but they always gave in charity. They helped the yeah. community. My mom did a ton of community work. And then I obviously met monks when I was 18 years old. So like that became, my paradigm shifted massively. And I was always far more creative than, than anything else. And that's what I enjoyed. But I guess the question I'm asking is, I think we've gone from that very aggressive, very competitive, brash, harsh energy. And then we swing to this pendulum where everyone's like, well, no, you just got to be fully like, empathetic and vulnerable no. and compassionate. I'm like, so how do you, yeah. So here's what it is. What is the middle ground balance? Because the answer is always somewhere in the here's, middle. Here's uh, somebody, a really smart person, I won't say who told me. You have to know, and this only comes with time and maturity, when you're on the field. When you're on the field, kill the other dude. When you're not on the field, you don't have to kill the other dude. For you, it's gotta be a good deal. For me, it's gotta be a good deal, et cetera. But when you're on the field, you wanna win. You just have to realize when you're not on the field. Mm. The problem is I think people don't realize when they're not on the field. Mm. And that has come over time. Like, when am I on the field? Okay, when I'm on the field, I'm playing to win. When I'm not on the field, I can be in a different mindset. That shift for me, going to fear, anger, da, 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 I always thought I was on the field. And for a long time, yeah. to get the company where I wanted, I was always on the field. Mm. Now I don't have to be on the field all the time. And that not being on the field enables you to think properly and, and just let things in and, and grow that 
gets you to other things that all of a sudden affect the field in a different way. You, you have different moves. It's it's probably how great players, as they get older, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, they their bodies are not the same, but they're better players mm-hmm. because they just know how to do it differently. So when I'm not on the field, I'm not on the field. When I'm on the field, I'm playing pretty hard. Yeah, that's a, that's a really unique insight. I like that because I feel like that's also what challenges people in their personal relationships because not only are people not on and off the field in business, they don't know how to switch it off when they go home. Yeah. And so your wife and your kids or your husband or your partner or whoever it may be ends up getting that same treatment as you do at work because you haven't reached that maturity level of knowing how to, and it's not as easy as a light switch. Oh no. Like it's not just, oh, I'm work hat off, work hat on. It doesn't work like that. And your partner, depending on what they do, you might be off the field. They might be on the field. They want to be on the field. (laughs) Like, because they're going through their thing. It's just like, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, we just, I just got back from tour and we went to Bali for a couple of weeks just to relax with me and my wife. And it's so funny because she's- What does she do? She's a vegan chef and recipe developer and uh, incredible with, knows everything about Ayurveda and herbs and nutrition. And she's made me very healthy compared to what I used to be. But but she's on the field right now because her her career is booming. She's doing incredibly well. And it's so fun to watch. And it's so funny because I was like, yeah, we're going to Bali. And she's like, you know what? I think we're going there for a bit long. And I was like, that was me. Like I used to say that like five years ago. And, and so it's just like, yeah. okay, it's not only your life. Yeah. You have two people and yeah. you just have to navigate, oh, I'm not on the field. She, okay, I got to think about this. Maybe yeah. even though I want to be there three weeks, maybe it's only a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just be off the field here. I'll figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's hard because I think, yeah, we struggle when you've done, for, for other people too, when you've said things when you were on the field, it's hard for the person, especially in business, for now to view you differently when you're off the field, it's- Every marriage, every relationship, every personal situation changes after 10 years. Mm. I was, I'm not the same person I was from 95 to 2005. I'm not the same person from 2005 to 2015. I'm definitely not the same person from 15 now. And yeah, people's viewpoints of me is probably what it was in 97, 98. 90, and let me just say something. That guy was not, I mean, he was a good guy, but he was always on the field and he was- ashamed, nervous, angry fighter. Not that I'm not aspects of those things working on them, but. Yeah, yeah, that changes. It's And when they come into your relationship, they have all this, now they can read everything, see everything and like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. Or not. That's why I'm doing this, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a gentle, nice, (laughs) hugging. Well, no, I, I, the reason why I also enjoy these conversations is because I think I struggle with that in perception too, where I feel people believe that someone who is mindful or meditative has to be a certain way at all times. Do you know and, when you're on the field? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, that's why I love that piece of advice. Is that you, you said it in a way that I think makes it so easy to think about, and that's why I really appreciate it. And that's exactly what it is for me. Like, and, and my team knows that. They, they can see that when I'm in the zone and I'm not, or where I'm winning my home kit or away kit. Like, right. however you put it, like, yes. I, I totally- I like that, home kit. Yeah, yeah. home jersey, away yeah, jersey, yeah. right? Like, and I can, I can feel that. And I think that you have to know that. But I think the idea is that we like to- simplify people because it makes it easier for us to- If you're going after the stack and that's the goal, right? Which is like crazy. Like- Agreed. It's so arbitrary, the stack. You're always on the field. Yeah. What you don't realize is you can be happy at whatever the level the stack is. Yeah. There's just a different way to think about it. And you will get to a very big stack by figuring out this first. 
F when you're on the field, when you're off the field. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the difference. I wanted to ask you the difference in success and happiness or success and contentment, because you've, it sounds like you've worked on both and tried to be conscious of both. What, how have you seen the difference and, and how do you work on that? I was so never far? content before. Mm. Probably the first 20 years of business. I mean, I was just, I was gonna prove everybody wrong. I was gonna prove to myself I wasn't stupid. I was, uh, and I was just running hard. When I say this word, that doesn't mean that I'm not in business. I'm content. And uh, all the things I thought about uh, that I wanted to accomplish and how I saw the world, kind of played out. I'm a really lucky guy. I'm comfortable that I'm not stupid. And I got a lot more I want to accomplish because I want to accomplish it, not to get the stack any bigger. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy doing that. That's a completely different place from the first 20 years where I had no idea. I just, I thought about the stack and what success was in such a different way than I think about it now. And do you think everyone, there's that brilliant quote from Jim Carrey where he said that everyone should become rich and famous and achieve everything they ever wanted just to realize that it's not the point. Do you think that there is something- <laughs> I didn't know he said that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that, genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, I love that statement because I feel like there's- I some, love that statement. There's something about pursuing success as you see it, which may not be a perfect definition. Right experiencing some success and then going, well, wait a minute, this wasn't it. And I feel like, because you always hear successful people say, oh, it isn't it. But it's almost like, I think- Oh, I'm happy where I am. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that it played out. Those statements are actually accurate. You know, like it's enabled me now to kind of, when I started this 12 years or whatever, yeah. to get to this place, I'm not sure I would have ever gotten to it. Yeah, with a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And in 95, you had a big accident, right? Like there was something that it really was 90, woke you up. It was 93. 93. I was working at ICM. There was a breakfast place called Cape Mandolini's. I was walking down Wilshire. It was about three blocks away. Coming back and I and just sitting on the curb, I said to myself, I was going to the breakfast like, wow, you know, I got to move back from this curb. These cars could hit you. And I was not in the street. Cut to, I'm walking back from breakfast in the crosswalk right outside of where the ICM building was. And a flatbed truck didn't see me, took a left onto Wilshire, hit my left side, nine o'clock in the morning, Friday. Guess what happens? Your life changes. You're like, life's not a dress rehearsal. Was laying in there. I just wiggled my fingers and toes. I said, okay, I'm not crippled. Kind of, my, I was outside my body screaming. I was laying there watching myself scream. And then I just said to myself, life's not a dress rehearsal. I did a rehab because I couldn't bend my leg. And then I did a surgery on my leg. And then I did another rehab. So that was 18 months of hell. And then I said, what do you want to do? And I definitely didn't want to be at ICM. You know, what was, the, what was the phrase I used to hear when I was at ICM back in 19? It was like, I cover myself. That's what it stood for. So there was no mm. camaraderie, culture, anything. And so me and three other guys decided to start when I could be healthy and, they, and we kind of get it in 95 on my birthday, March 29th, we let loose. So, and that, that was the catalyst to say, life's not a dress rehearsal, you better get to what you want to get to. And that kind of thesis is the, at the 20 year mark changing how I look at life and am I still gonna be that angry guy? And you know, all the different routes we all take in our lives to get to where the end is, so. yeah. Did you try and change 
certain aspects of the culture based on that statement that you built or did you find that? I just wanted to treat people well, you know, inside and share clients and communicate better. And there was a guy by the name of Phil Raskin, the first employee. And uh, they fired him. In the Israeli army, you don't let anybody stay. You know, you, you take, you, you go get the bodies. So I said, you're hired. Now we had no money. We were not making any money. And I said, we're hiring you if they're firing you. And how we treat people was kind of the crucial thing different about how we did things. Um, I think one of them. And uh, I think it's progressed. I don't know if it's perfect now. You'll, you'll have to ask the guys <laughs> running the agency right now. But I think overall, I hope people feel that way. What was it like building something from scratch when there wasn't any money? Because I feel like it's easy to look at you now and, ever, you know, it's... It, well, there was it, two years. Yeah. And no salary because you're out on your own. There's well, we were being we were we were in a tussle with ICM over commissions, and because uh, we couldn't take the commissions because they said they deserved it because we we're in a contest. This whole like, and they were going to sue us for certain things, and um, and so we had no money. I mean, we knew things we had money, but a lot of stuff was old stuff. About a year, year and a half, two years in, we settled. I might be getting dates wrong, but right around then. And then we had money. And, and in that period of time, the world changed. Mike Ovis left the business who was the God and Ron Meyer, um, Bill Haber. And then uh, Gavin Pallone left this company, UTA. Um, and a lot of shifting happened. And we had put on, we had taken a couple people from um, CA, uh, Marty Edelman, and, and we put on a bunch of TV shows that were successful. And we had money because of those, because they were going into syndication and packages. And so it was like free agency and baseball. We have money and people are like shifting, what are they doing? And we were home, we got, you know, with just timing and we were in the right place at the right time. What was the hardest thing you had to do in those two years? You just had to work, you know, with no just money. Just putting the time. Just putting the time. <laughs> and you were doing 17 hour, 18 hour days. Wife was pregnant at the time, my ex-wife with our eldest. Um, and, uh, keep on building and how are we going to do it? And, you know, the five of us, I think Marty would have joined and then two and a half years in Patrick Weitzel had joined and just kind of how we keep on progressing and, and doing it like with no, none of us had ever done it before. We were all, as my father was saying in Yiddish, we were all pishers, you know, the small nothings. And so we just figured it out. It's good and, to but, hear but, that. but, you know. <laughs> It wasn't like, oh, we went from no money to, uh, yeah, yeah, it was course. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, ha we were happy. Yeah. We were really happy because we were in our own heads. It was, it was successful yeah. and it was hard, but we had fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't be more excited to share something truly special with all you tea lovers out there. And even if you don't love tea, if you love refreshing, rejuvenating, refueling sodas that are good for you, Listen to this. Radhi and I poured our hearts into creating Juni Sparkling Tea with adaptogens for you because we believe in nurturing your body and with every sip, you'll experience calmness of mind, a refreshing vitality, and a burst of brightness to your day. Juni is infused with adaptogens that are amazing natural substances that act like superheroes for your body to help you adapt to stress and find balance in your busy life. Our Super 5 blend of these powerful ingredients include green tea, ashwagandha, 
acerola cherry and lion's mane mushroom and these may help boost your metabolism, give you a natural kick of caffeine, combat stress, pack your body with antioxidants and stimulate brain function. Even better, Juni has zero sugar and only five calories per can. We believe in nurturing and energizing your body while enjoying a truly delicious and refreshing drink. So visit drinkjuni.com today to elevate your wellness journey and use code ONPURPOSE to receive 15% off your first order. That's drinkjuni.com and make sure you use the code ONPURPOSE. Yeah, while I was a student and before I ever started doing things online, I, I used to do events in my local area in London and like 10 people would show up every week to hear me speak about spirituality, psychology, human behavior. And I loved it. I did it for 10 years before. So wait a second, you, yeah. you, you went to school to possibly be a, a banker. Yeah. And then what, what, not that this, we're going to reverse the in, interview now. <laughs> what was the transition to like, oh, I don't want to do this. What happened in your mind or, or, or life event? So I think life event that I met a monk and I'd never met a Where? monk before at school. So they, they would come in, we'd have speakers come in, whether it be CEOs or right. athletes or celebrities or former alumni or whatever it may be. And one day a monk was invited to speak at, at a small college session. And some of my friends were getting- A business in. session? No, 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 not a business just session. A just, just a general, like, yeah. And I was invited to go because some of my friends were getting into meditation at the time. This is early, like, we're talking about like 2006, 2007. So we were doing that and it was, and, and my friends were, were kind of getting into that space. So they were telling me to come along. And I was like, yeah, I'll go if we go to a bar afterwards. Like that's the kind of guy I was growing up. And so I went along. And to you this, weren't married at the time. I, no, 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 I'm 18 years old. Okay, I'm yeah. 18 years old. I'm, I'm you know, yeah. about to start college around that yeah. time. And so I, I go to this event and I hear this monk speak and I'm kind of there going, okay, when are we going to leave? Like, who cares about this stuff? What, how does this benefit my life? And I actually walked away feeling completely just reflective because this monk was saying that the greatest gift was to use your skills in the service of others. Like he was saying that whatever you've been given- use That was that his to, main theme. That was his main theme to improve other people's lives. And it was like, I'd never heard that from anyone before at 18. And I realized that when I was 18, I'd met people who were rich and famous and beautiful. And you and thought powerful. that was that, that, was, that like, was the stack. Yeah, but I was like, this is, this guy seems happy. He seems content. He has something that- At what point in the lecture did that like hit you? Because at one point you're saying, let's go get some beers. Yeah, at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, what is he gonna say when he came out? And you know, he's dressed in robes and he, he was from India. And like, you know, I'm a kid in London. Like, you know, there's nothing externally attractive about him. And then as he spoke, like, as I actually listened to him, I was just mesmerized. And so I said to him, I just wanna follow you around. So I ended up following him around for the rest of that week. He was doing events in London, homes and different things. And then at temples. And then I started visiting him in my summer and Christmas vacations in India. Wow. And then when I graduated from college, I went and actually lived with him as a monk for, for three years in India and the UK. And, and so what did your parents I, say? They were like completely like yeah, scared and worried. Like, what's and like, going on with our students? Yeah, and all of our friends and family, like, he's been brainwashed. It was, it was like, it's really interesting because, and, and I'll talk to this about perception. It's really interesting because everyone now is kind of like, oh, Jay, you just, you know, this is a good story. And I'm like, dude, when I chose to become a monk, it was not a good story. People thought it was the dumbest idea of all time. Like it was like career suicide. Like well, it was, this poor it was like, kid, been what, what happened? Like what happened to this kid who got a first class honors degree at university, straight A's, you know, like what is going on here? And all of a sudden I'm taking this path. Your parents must have freaked out. My parents freaked out and my extended family freaked out even more, which made my parents freak out more. They came from India? Correct, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that upbringing and that 
going back that way. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So, and, but I felt called. I started listening to my inner voice when I was 14 years old and it's been so loud ever since. I don't know any other way to go. And so for me, it was so, so loud. And so that was the shift in my trajectory where- So you come out after three years, what I, happens? I, I hoped I'd do it forever. Uh, and that, I really thought I was gonna do it for the rest of my life. It did not work out. And I so was, what was, why, why? Couple of things. One thing was like, it's super tough on your health to live communally. Like when you're living potentially sometimes with 30 people in a room, 100 people in a room, people wake up at different times, you're being woken up by everyone, the common cold, you're sharing baths, showers, like, you know, like, the space is like, yeah. everything's communal in that space. It's hard on my, it was hard on my immune system to live in that way. Of course, I'm a kid from London. Like I didn't grow up with lots of comforts, but it was definitely more comfortable than a monastery. And then on top of all of that, I just had this honest transparency. And that's what monk teachings are meant to do. It's meant to make you self-aware. And my self-awareness was, I'm quite independent. I'm quite a rebel. Like I like doing things my way. And I feel- This is not that. This is not that. I feel like I want to share what I've learned in this cool, accessible, relevant where way. Where the world is. Yeah, where the world is, which is the world I come from. And if I stay here, then I'm actually going to be pretending to be someone I'm not. And so it's like, I'm going to go back and you know, be that's myself. A, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big thought. It was, it was. And I had no idea what that meant then, but I just know that it was loud and that it was real and that- and it, had, I, it, had, it had to happen. It had to happen. It was, you know, I think it's, it's funny. Your, your brother said this about you. He said that, he said this in his, in his book, Brother's Manual, the speed, danger, and risk that make other people nervous make guys like Ari serene. And, and, it's, and I want to dive into that with you. But for me, that's what it was that- You didn't know where it was, but you knew you had to be on that road. Yes. And, and I don't know how to stop myself. I can't pretend to myself. Is, is where I've always been. Like I have to be all of myself and, I'm, and when decisions are against the grain and no one agrees, chances are I'm on the right path. And so even when I came back, then I had the opposite where everyone around me was like, you wasted three years, look at everyone around you, they've got jobs now. What are they um, saying now? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it changes now. <laughs> <laughs> obviously it changes yeah. now, but, but it's isn't anyway. It, isn't it unbelievable, yeah. I, I had this, uh, I sent this uh, email out to the company. You know, most people think success is this. Yeah. That's success. Yeah. And that you just, it's your journey. Yeah. And it just, you don't know where it's still going, but it's probably gonna go this way and then it's gonna go that, you know. Yeah. How have, how have you had the courage, going back on that same point, how have you had the courage to be open to speed, danger, and risk when other people thought, especially what, what I think we don't recognize is as you become more successful, as you make bigger decisions, it's not that just more doors open. Sometimes there's even more doubt because now people are like, can he, can he get the next one right? Most people don't want to risk it all. Correct. Once so, you get to something like, why would I risk that? Correct. Like, why do that? You're, it's going to be on a perfect glide path. Yeah. So I've said this before in certain interviews. I don't remember exactly which one. When you're in a class and you're figuring out where to sit in the class because you think you've psychologically figured out if you, I sit here, the teacher won't call on you to read and you're so anxious, and you're so nervous, and you're so f afraid. It's not like I don't get anxious about big deals. I mean, I got really sick doing the UFC deal. Uh, moving, I am moving to London, not great for four months when we took over, right? Yeah, so what? Uh, you know, I'm not nervous about those things. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's just my upbringing, you know, things I went through that I could get over. So working hard, doing all the things, showing up, you know, getting on that plane for the lunch in China and then flying back after the lunch. That's kind of, 
how I operate my life. I don't know how, what my mom fed me or did and my dad, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about the hard work and all of it takes hard work, yeah. as you know, and I'm not trying to prove to anybody what, I'm not letting their definition of success, not success, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, dictate what I want to do like you. I got my own ideas about what I want to do. I just keep on following them. Hopefully I keep on getting in tune with my voices, definitely li listening to people in my life that I trust. But then, you know, it's like, okay, it's time to bet. And like we just did with WWE and doing something new and here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Those are not easy decisions. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting because even, uh, but I'm very just... comfortable in the uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. I'm really comfortable in the uncomfortable. I think when most people don't like uncomfortable conversations, don't like to be uncomfortable in business, don't like that, I do enjoy that a lot. I like awkward. I'm comfortable in awkward. I like just saying what it is. I do not care. You can like me, not like me. I was never one of the cool guys. I'm good. <laughs> I, I think it was so funny because Mike Milken was sitting in your seat yesterday, just here. And, and it was interesting because there's this shared experience of there's a healed sense of self-worth, but then there's this embracing our own insignificance. Like you just yeah, said, yeah, like you're like, yeah. we're, I'm also insignificant. And it's really interesting because everyone who's kind of has a settled mind. I'm not sure people get to the second one. But, not, but we need to. Oh. Why do you think we don't get there? Did you find any subscriptions you forgot about or any you paid for twice and didn't realize it? I personally experienced this where I received an email that said I paid for a subscription for an app I'm not even using anymore. Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had only about five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for eight subscriptions each month. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. And I love that I have full control over all my subscriptions and I can see it in one place. So if I see something I don't want anymore, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash J. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash J. Rocketmoney.com forward slash J. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Atna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Atna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
I've got to say, herbs have been a game changer in my wellness routine, all thanks to my Indian upbringing. My mum was the one who got me started on them way back when. I've seen how they can do wonders for both body and the mind. One of my favorites is ashwagandha, which is an adaptogenic herb that helps reduce stress. I usually take it in the morning with my breakfast and it helps me stay cool, calm and collected throughout the day. Our sponsor Nature's Way has ashwagandha as well as herbs like St. John's Wort and Holy Basil that provide mood and stress support. They have over 50 years of experience sourcing herbs from all over the world in the continents and climates where they grow best. Nature's Way rigorously tests every batch of herbs for potency and purity in their state-of-the-art lab. To learn more, visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs and use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. I've had this conversation with many people, this concept of legacy. And once you actually believe it, not just say it, mm. I mean, legacy, I mean, presidents have legacies, I guess. Some entertainers have legacies, sports stars have legacies. Business people, no, no, they don't have legacies. And once you get to that point and comfortable in that point, this whole concept that what's my legacy, which is a jerk off conversation, you can move past a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You know, we're sitting there, what's my legacy? Yeah, yeah, It's a bad question, I agree. It's a bad question. Like, that, yeah. that's why you're doing it? Yeah, I agree. Oh my God, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, I, you know what, I think it comes from, I think we never get to embrace our own insignificance because we're scared of where it leads to low self-esteem. So there's that angle, but the deep- Definitely, I don't have that. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the deeper angle, which is what you're raising, is that, I think as humans, we're so addicted to immortality because at least from a spiritual point of view, our consciousness and energy is immortal. And there's such a addiction to immortality and longevity that we have that for us to live after we die, we think the right, only way- So here's way my thought process about that. Because people, because I mean, I am a crazy health nut. Yeah, I know. I mean, I do some crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I'm into it too. Okay. So let's, I'm yeah, really, yeah. really yeah. crazy. But for me, it's not about living forever. It's about being healthy while I live. Same, right? agreed. As long as I am, because I see people that are older, yeah, that are prisoners in their bodies mm -hmm. as when they get to their 60s, 70s, 80s. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. The best thing that could happen is it's over, would be incredible. And you die in your sleep, like it's over. But until that point in time, I'm playing golf, I'm going on hikes, I'm surfing, I'm doing my thing. This whole thing about, this whole world of, um, and I hack, yeah, yeah, I hack myself to do that, but it's not for, to live forever. And so that's the objective. Yes. Yeah. No, I get that. And I, and I'm totally aligned with that. I feel the same way. Like, I don't think it's, it, what's the no, craziest thing you do for your health? I mean, I, I, I've been recent because I'm still young. There's certain things that people don't recommend yet. And so like, I've been talking to people about like stem cell treatments and things like that. I don't know if you've done any stem cell therapy or anything like that, no. but okay. So I haven't done any of it either, but everyone's always like, yeah, you're too young to start these, these types of things right now. But I'd say the, the craziest thing I do right now is same as you, like the fasting, the cold plunging, the infrared saunas, the, the deep rest and sleep, the meditation has been a part of my life for 17, 18 You got to push steel. Yeah. Yes, you, yeah, you, yeah, got, yeah. you got you got to do weights. I had to stop that last year for a. I, I had I had I had surgery, so right. I had to stop. But yes, I usually you, do. You weight have to training. do that. You have to do stuff for your kind of CO two, your oxygen, yeah. your ability. How old are you now? Thirty five. Yeah, so you're right at the 
right? If you do now, yeah, right? this is the time. Yeah, you got to reduce as much as you can your inflammation. You got to have gut health. Yes, this is exactly. And then you have to figure out how to balance your glucose. Mm -hmm. If you can do those things, yep, you have thirty five percent chance of getting to the objective of one night you just don't wake up. Yeah, yeah. right. Are you plant based as well, or you you try? Here's to be what it is because yeah. I'm sixty two. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I was a lectin free vegan following Dr. Gundry's, who got me, when I had my thyroid problem, really healthy. The problem is now, because I do push a lot of steel, I do do heavy cardio, I do do a lot of that stuff, I have to have some protein in my diet. Mm -hmm. So I have moved up to probably very healthy, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished, no corn in it, all the stuff that causes inflammation. I have moved up into probably three or four days of, of meat. Mm -hmm. And then the rest, um, um, lectin-free uh, vegan. Yeah. What's the craziest therapy you've done? You mentioned earlier there was some different strange well, therapies. Well, I, I do. Yeah. I, you know, I take helmets uh, from Thailand and from the UK every morning. I do light therapy every morning after the cold plunge. I mean, if I, if I showed you the list now, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, oh, you, you've, you've lost the plot, Ari. Right? No, I love it. <laughs> and, That's why you look uh, here's what Here's what happens though. Yeah. As I go down all these pass. I always call my brother Zeke. Yep. And I only have the following question. And then he has to do the work. And I do work too. I said, okay, uh, can it kill me? Can it injure me or hurt me? If the answer comes back, no, I do it. So I started on, they're, you know, they're live microbes. They're microscopic. You can't see them. I drink them every morning now. I've gotten to a place where I, I, I do that. I worked with this guy um, uh, from, from Duke as I read an article about him. And people were like, what are you doing? Like, and I, and I say the great line to them and say, watch their facial expression. I said, well, they don't colonize in your system. <laughs> and you know, you, they, they, you can see them like, yeah, their yeah, yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> this goes to like, all right, I'm not, I'm just going to try these things as long as it can't hurt me. Um, the list is yeah. vast. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. I, I think it's, I mean, this is where this is where the world's heading, and I think everyone's looking for solutions and, and looking for ways. So yeah. I love hearing about it from you, and it's and it's great, and it shows, right? I feel like you you seem really vibrant, energetic, and and I think that's the key, right? It's vitality. I think. Well, but the back is not turned into a mouse that's hunched over. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Have absolutely. you ever seen those? Absolutely. That 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 scares me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will do anything not to, because then it's not you're going to be a prisoner in your body. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's a powerful that's, statement. That's, a, yeah. that's not that's not where you want to be in life. Yeah, talking about athletic bodies, you you talked about what you did with the WWE there. I remember when you first got involved with the UFC. Yeah, there was a lot of like doubt as to how big it could get. I believe, or right. there was a bit of skepticism. How do you, how do you, when you're making a decision that's big money, big risk, and danger, going back to that point, but then everyone else is like, oh, it's a lot of risk. This is like, don't know if it's going to work out. But then you're like, no, I, I know where this is going to go. How do you, how have you found well, that confidence, the first thing I that, guess? I mean, the first thing that I do, I mean, I'm assuming you do it. Anybody successful do it. I read a lot. Yeah. And same, yeah. I, I, I ask a lot of questions to, once I read an article, if I understand it, don't understand it, I want, I, I call the person or I call the person in the article. And that happened early on how we started the firm. Like, you know, we were in the representation business. And then I said, we have all this business. I want to buy something that we own. I thought sports was going someplace that with increased distribution, that was going to be more valuable. And so it was a, like, there's not many sports you can own. Mm -hmm. I was already in business with UFC. Mm -hmm. We did all the work about where we could take the economics internationally sponsored. It was an easy bet. <laughs> and it worked out. Well, 
It's working. Well, the, the world changed on me <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the time for the, like, Fox sold to Disney. So those two buyers out. Donald Trump wouldn't let AT&T buy Time Warner. So those two buyers out. And the rest of it, the, they didn't, nobody else wanted it at the time because they had already had too much. So it was nerve wracking for a while. Um, but then the world changed. Yeah. It's fascinating to me because I think that everyone in there micro universe or any universe is always having to make tough decisions that a lot of people around them don't understand. Whether someone listening to this right now is trying to start a new health regime, whether someone's trying to- So there's to, not a, a pill. Yeah. In anything we do, as we now know, there's not like, cause I don't know about you, people come to me, so, so what's the one thing? One thing. There is no one I, thing. I, I, I do 17 things. Like, and it's grown from 10. Yeah. There's yeah, not I don't just, like being asked the one, one thing, thing at all. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why, that's why the questions I'm asking you, I'm fascinated by the, the, the thought process. Well, you're, me, you're, yeah. you're just, you're, in our lives, we're just gathering information, gathering thought process, gathering, gathering perspectives, yeah. and then we go hunting for things that we want to do and where we think the world's going. And then once you get to that point, like, okay, you talk to a lot of people, you have to, for me, talk to investors, et cetera, and then you're, then you're launched. And then there's, I think, I might get this story wrong, Disney, when they bought Cap Cities, which had ESPN, they valued ESPN at zero at the time. And, at the, and when it came out, it was the most valuable asset. Again, success, mm. <laughs> right? Mm. Who knows? Yeah. You know, you can do all the work you can do. And then all of a sudden, get into the pool, the water's warm, dude. You got to start swimming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, that, and that's what I think. I think there is so much pressure around making the right decision as opposed to making your decision right. Right? Like, as in you, I think a lot of people spend a lot of yes. time going, is this the right decision? Is this the right thing yeah. to invest in? I'm like, well, make the decision and then it's make it the right. It's just the way we started it. How many people uh, can handle change and fear the, I mean, yeah. you just have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What have you seen? You've worked with talent. I know you still do in, in, in some intimate ways. Still. I work with a lot of talent. Okay, you still do. All right. <laughs> I've heard you say, but I, I was like, I was thinking there's most of, but you're working with the business as well as much yeah, as, I yeah, mean, yeah, there's, exactly. Yeah. So when you're working with talent, what have you seen has been the, because I think it was interesting. I was saying when I was young, everyone wanted to be an investment bank. And now we know in America, most people want to be influencers, creators, some something yeah. to the YouTube or what, what have you seen have been the best choices that talent have made long-term for their successful careers or where are some of the mistakes I, people I think made? most talent now realizes they're the ass and it's kind of moving towards them. And, and a lot of them are starting to try and figure out like, okay, what does that mean? Can I own other businesses? Can I get equity? Whether it be Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, Mark Wahlberg, these people, right? And I think that's been at that level. We're going to go through a whole iteration right now with AI that is going to, I think, I don't know what it's going to do, but it's going to transfer one more time um, our business. I think in a good way, in that I think people are going to have more free time than ever. They're going to want movies. They're going to want entertainment. They're going to need more. I think we're going to go down to a permanent four-day work week. Governments are going to need it for full employment. And that means the weekend is starting on Thursday night. And that means that's three days where people need personal interaction. And so... The value proposition, especially as distribution changes, you're going to go to six Wi-Fi. You, you're now seeing more distribution, Rumble picking up shows, Roku. I mean, it's just expanding and expanding. 
Our job is to create a place where our talent can create really for the first time, even more exponentially become their own brands and own businesses and do things that they, not just a movie, not just to tell other things and we'll be successful for them and they'll be successful as long as we can create this kind of par- perfect architecture. And we're not perfect at it yet, but we're getting better at it. And those are the clients that we want to be in business and across podcast, all the different things. Um, and that's the hardest thing that we're trying to build now in this transition. But that's where I think the world is going. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I've got to say, herbs have been a game changer in my wellness routine, all thanks to my Indian upbringing. My mum was the one who got me started on them way back when. I've seen how they can do wonders for both body and the mind. One of my favorites is ashwagandha which is an adaptogenic herb that helps reduce stress. I usually take it in the morning with my breakfast and it helps me stay cool, calm and collected throughout the day. Our sponsor Nature's Way has ashwagandha as well as herbs like St. John's Wort and Holy Basil that provide mood and stress support. They have over 50 years of experience sourcing herbs from all over the world in the continents and climates where they grow best. Nature's Way rigorously tests every batch of herbs for potency and purity in their state-of-the-art lab. To learn more, visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs and use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. Life can be a wild ride, and sometimes our gut gets thrown off track. So that butterfly in your stomach, it's probably not from excitement. It's more likely from stress or certain food choices you had for breakfast. And Ritual can help you get things back on track. They made a 3-in-1 supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Every morning, I start my day with Symbiotic Plus. It's now an essential part of my daily routine. With its blend of prebiotics, postbiotics, and all that good stuff, I'm giving my gut the love it needs to tackle whatever comes its way throughout the day. There's no shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Shetty. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Shetty. For twenty five percent off. Interesting four day work weeks. I think that, that yeah, I yeah. think I think even if it's unofficial. I I I don't know governments. I think because of AI, and I'm saying probably in two, three, four years, for full employment, and they're going to need it for social non unrest. You're going to have, and you know, you have COVID. That's almost a four day work week now because people don't go into the office on Fridays. Mm-hmm. That means Thursday night. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. 
well, I'm in the entertainment. That, that's the that's the objective. Mm-hmm. And th- so that's what we've been building, like events, Madrid Open, Barrett-Jackson, art show, et cetera. And that's where I think the world's going, sporting events, et cetera. So I think entertainment's going to become more valuable than it's ever become. I don't think it's as, will be as disrupted by AI. Um, there'll be some disruption in it. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible to think about that because, yeah, I think people are really looking for more alternatives and options, especially for that human connection point yeah. you were talking about. How have you found it as a leader to have that where you've gone from everyone being in an office in an agency to then people working from home? Like, how have you navigated that to continue that like creativity? Well, listen, we spark? have, you know, we've, we we had done this a long time ago. We just restarted. We did a, we did a, 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 a book club, not the way we used to do with, on, with Rick Rubin on his new book. We do, we had a lecture on anti-Semitism. We're trying to get people in groups talking about big issues to kind of keep the company together from, you know, we're in, I don't know, 37 countries so that people get to, there's a communal, and they, we're going to start a big retreat again, which we hadn't done in a lot of years because of COVID. So that's the way we foresee doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I think that that's- That I, just I, keeps, hopefully, Yeah, and we just have to keep on working on how we keep that connection um, ongoing in the company. Yeah. Cause, you know, because you do want, if you, the architecture, right, you do want the licensing group talking to the motion picture group, talking to the online on location group to create an experience. And you want all those pieces. And and the outside world and the clients is asking for it too. Mm-hmm. So that's where we have to. Yeah, I worked with so many organizations before and during mainly the pandemic and then even after. And the transitions I've seen are incredible because whether a company was growing rapidly. So I was working with Zoom. They were having the best success as a company financially, but it was like they had to scale like what was a small organization really quickly. And so like the burnout that comes with that is really, really hard. And then you had other organizations, obviously like travel, entertainment, live entertainment, down, down, struggling with that and handling morale. And so it's really interesting to see how they both bounce back because it was hard either way. And it's really, you always think, oh, they're successful. They don't, it's hard. Success. I is promise hard. you, it's hard for them now. Yeah, of course it yeah. is. Of course it is. It's it's so complicated and it's really complicated. Yeah, now. Success is hard and failure is hard. Running a business, I don't. Any yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. What What have been some of your <laughs> what, what What would you say in the last few years has been one of like your biggest misses or your biggest failures that uh, you look back and go that taught me a lot. Well, I'll say, I'll say the following because it was a success, and it was only success because. I thought we had to like shut everything down. And Dana White at the OC said to me, uh-uh, we're not shutting down. I got scared. And he like slapped me across the face and no, we're going. And then he said, get me an island. Mm. And you know, I was like, you know, my brother's a doctor. He's telling me where the world's going. I'm like, and he was like, mm-mm, we're, and he was just driving that train. And so we got him an island and he did everything else. And, and um, you know, kind of just remind me like, yeah, it's 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 nerve wracking, but don't be scared. Yeah, and he was like amazing. Yeah, and I was like on the other side of that fence, and I said, you know, and that's why I have a great partner. He's an incredible partner. Yeah, but I, I for the first time got really scared, mm. and he just said, no, we just have to go, and we're going to take all the heat for it, and it was a lot of heat against him, and but we did it. If we didn't have that, the whole company would have been tanked, mm. because we needed the ESPN deal to continue to go. We needed to put on fights. And his his courage, like dragging me along, was incredible. The industry today, I feel like 
cancel culture, heat culture, like it's got, it's got hotter basically because there's more people to cancel. There's more things that people are sensitive or care about or believe in and values. Like how do, how do you as a talent agent think about artists going through that? Because I'm sure you've seen over the years just, so I coach a lot of people in the music business, actors, like sports people. I coach so many people in the industry. Don't jump in the water. Cause most people want to respond. Mm. The news cycle is so fast. Unless you've committed murder and something, whatever, let it go. The thought process is I got to jump in and respond. Then it just, the story just continues. The new cycle, I used to say it's like one day. It, it's less than a half a day now. And if you just get out of this emotional mindset that you have to respond and they have to know, and really? Nobody's even, like, it's over. Don't respond. And that's kind of, I think, the hardest thing for any artist. Yeah. How have you, how have you worked with, because I'm guessing you, you almost by job have to become a coach sometimes to the people no, you work this is with. No, this, this is my line. Of, like, yeah. why are you responding? Yeah. Don't. Like, they want you to respond because then they keep on getting the click. Yeah. I thank God I'm not on social media. Yeah. I, I won't do it. <laughs> I won't. I mean, I get it, you know. Yeah, yeah, sometimes course. my kids send it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife sends it to me. I don't look yeah. at it. What what's something that you're trying to immerse into your children? Like, I mean, you were just your son was just calling yeah, you, yeah. just talking. You're like, what's what's something that you feel you really want them to know and learn at the stages they are in their life? I right just hope I think they get it. It was so funny. My my youngest son is now training, he goes to Michigan, he's working up at Apple right now at Apple Maps. And he's decided, comes out of his, he's going into his junior year, he's, tra he's training for a triathlon, a, a junior. What I loved about him is he did the work. And what I mean by did the work, and it was like shocking hearing, I was just I was such a proud father. He talked about how you run better and how the people in Kenya run better because they're on their toes. And he'd done that with all this research about it and he started doing it. The first three weeks was brutal on his legs, but he's gotten faster on the bike. I have to do it in a box, dad. Here's what, and I ride and do epoxy training and all this stuff. And I said, you're right, it does. And he has not stopped training. You know, he's 21 years old. You know, I remember how I was at 21 mm -hmm. years old. I wouldn't have been doing that. But his work about how to get better, he swam double the length this time. He's got a month left. And just the amount of work he's put into it the thought process behind it, the research he did. I'm like, I mean, I, you couldn't be prouder. And all of them, I just try and teach them one thing. You gotta work hard and you gotta show up. The results, you're not gonna control. If you do those things, and there's many other things that we all can on the list, but those are kind of it. You work really hard, you show up, outcomes you can't control, that's what you want. Good advice, I love that. It's all right. It's been such a joy talking to you. Today. Thank you. You've I, been you've been such a like. It's been such a treat. Just like I feel like we've been playing tennis uh, or pickleball. Uh, so or pick, I got yeah, 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 my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Or paddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's. Uh, I was gonna say I need a pair of those. I will just I send me one of those. So you, yeah, you'll send, send me yeah. the shoe size and everything. We'll yeah, get I want one of those okay. too. They but look you great. have to wear it on the podcast so she gets a little. I, I will she gets a little bit of kind of love from you. Those are 
awesome. Yeah. And I, there love, are I love colors. New Balance too, so that's great. There are multiple colors. Okay. I'm and gonna we send... actually have these in, in, in shoes too now. Okay. She's well, gonna, I, well, I'm, I'm going to send them all to you. Yeah, I want it, I okay. want it all. They look great. They look great. It looks, it looks great on you too. Thank you for uh, doing this. I will. But we end every show with the final five. These have to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum. So it's super oh, tight. Oh, God. It's the fast five. I better, so, I, better, I better sit up for this. Yes. Ari, these are your final five. The first question is, what is the best advice you've ever heard or received? Know when you're on the field. The second question is, what is the worst advice you've ever heard or received? I don't know if it was advice, but why would you do that? Mm, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Uh, third question, what's something that you're trying to unlearn? Being angry. That sounds hard. It's hard. How hard is it? Let's, let's talk about that for a second. You know, that's quite a I'll tell you what answer, it is. Like, it's, you know, I know when it pops up, like all of a sudden, when somebody used to call me stupid in school, it was game on. And that thesis where somebody treats me as if I'm not smart or they're trying to pull something on me, I just, I just go to a very dark, sick place. And I've worked very hard now not to go there, to handle it differently. Not that I'm not going to be like, eh, what, you think I'm stupid? Like by doing that, you're, you're acting as if I don't know what's going on here. And so, um, and they're pulling one over me. And, they, and for whatever reason, the minute I feel like somebody's trying to- Yeah, take advantage of you. Right? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And so that is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a constant work. And when I feel it coming on, okay, that's your shadow. Whatever the phrase is, that's your, you know, that's the work I have to do. And I don't always do it. Hard. Especially those childhood ones. Mm -hmm. And so, hard. no, but when somebody in business does that to me, recently I kind of like, I went to the bad place. I couldn't control it. And that, that, um, that, that's what I'm trying to work on. Yeah. What's been helping you work on that? It's just it kind of like recognizing it. Once I recognize it, yeah. I can breathe through it and I can get to the other side of it. Mm. But in the moment sometimes. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I, f I feel like, I feel like uh, uh, for me as well, I feel like your partners and your family often see the worst of you. Oh, God, and I'm, I always look at that almost like, how, what does my wife see? And the problem is you, you do know? things that are so not smart. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's just not good. Yeah. And but then, it's you, a, that, and then that, you regret that, it afterwards. Oh, and, I'm not sure I regret it, but it's yeah. just like, really? You had to do that? You're 62. You had to do that? Yeah. You, you had to say that? You had to like make calls and try and kill you? No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. All right. Two more questions. The fourth question is, uh, what's something that you used to value that you don't longer, no longer value? Well, I, I, I thought it was about the stack. Mm, mm. Now, maybe <laughs> somebody's going to say, he's got the stack now. Yeah. 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 But I never had, I didn't have the stack at the beginning and I didn't, I mean, I don't, I, I, that was never the end game. What is the end game now? I am really happily married. I love my kids. They're in great shape. Um, I'm comfortable in who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I have to constantly work at it now and I'm actually in a good place to work at. I understand the work I have to do, which makes it even better. All right, fifth and final question. We ask this to every guest who's ever you know, been on the show. These are longer than one sentence. I know, because, because you keep giving good answers. You keep giving good answers. I can't help it. You gave a really interesting answer. I was like, if I don't dive into this, my audience is going to get mad at me. Uh, okay. They're going to be like, Jay, why didn't you, you know, okay. I listen to my, my, this is what they're saying in the comments. I love you to listen to your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they tell me, they'll be like, Jay, he just told you like something amazing. Why didn't you? Uh, fifth and final question. If you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? can be anything about any, any type of law. Don't be hypocritical. If your whole thing is 
stay out of my life, okay? Stay out of my life on guns, stay out of my life on COVID. Just stay consistent. And that's the hardest thing because there's the shade of gray, Mm -hmm. right? I just want consistency without like the issue of money. Mm. The affirmative action issue is, you know, oh, it's sports and and legacy people or family, you know, kind of heritage that got into the school. Well, that's about money. Like, oh yeah, the sports make them money and the the people that went there and their kids, they, they give a lot of money. Like, okay, we all get it. Like just stay consistent with when we decide to pass a law, like that it, is then across the board and the money doesn't get into it and all those other things. That that's the thing. I just look no, at no, these no. I just look at these things. I'm like, the hypocrisy of mm. of of and, and I'm I'm hypocritical. All of us. Yeah, <laughs> I it's am hard. hypocritical. I understand it. I wish that we could figure out a law of that consistency, whatever we decide, so that it's like, okay, if 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 really what you're saying here, and we take it out across all these other issues, here's what it would mean. And so everybody gets, I don't know what that law would be. No, the essence of the answer is great. I, I love the idea of being consistent and removing hypocrisy and, and the challenges we- And money. Have. Yeah, and we all have it. Like <laughs> oh. we, we all like, we'll fight to death for this thing. And then, but actually you uh, don't, don't- Please don't say all my uh, apocryphal things that I have done <laughs> on air, right? So- We all have. Yeah. Well, thank great you very answer. much. All, all right, right, thank you so I lo- much. I love- Thank you. I'm glad. And I love so. Well, I'm going to send you these. I better get a case. We're, sent, we're going to okay. send you a case. Thank you, Ari. I if you love this episode, you'll love my interview with Dr. Gabor Mate on understanding your trauma and how to heal emotional wounds to start moving on from the past. Everything in nature grows only where it's vulnerable. So a tree doesn't grow where it's hard and thick, does it? It grows where it's soft and green and vulnerable. I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife, Radhi, and I would go on our adventures, I'd meticulously plan out our itineraries and book our accommodations in advance. It's like a yearly tradition that we do. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to every step of the way. Whether I want to be a simple guy nestled in the countryside or be the stylish and modern guy in the heart of the city, Booking.com never fails to offer a wide range of options that perfectly suit your preferences and they have everything you need to turn your travel dreams into reality, offering accommodations here in the US. Plus, the ease of booking through the app makes the whole process a breeze. So trust me when I say, when it comes to planning unforgettable getaways, Booking.com is where it's at. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking.yeah.